in this episode. Endosius means it's within the bone. Root form, it looks like a root. It has a shape of a root. We can use a conventional uh, root form implant, longer implant, as tuberoterigoid implant. Uh, the system, mo- almost all systems, they have 18, 21, not, not more than that. By Saigoma, we need much longer. 32 or yeah. 34. Yeah. Uh, active implants we can use in every case, but the passive type of implant is not suited for all bone types. The main aspect of it is the connection, the implant abutment connection. Uh, the in, that is what I give more importance. So when we do a full arch with six implants, 32 surfaces has to fit each other. The surface characteristics, yes, the, the companies say that this surface is good, our surface is good. But um, when I see clinically, for example, some systems are very expensive and it's not worth spending that much for that. Some systems, uh, they came to India, they just sell the implant and when we look for the prosthetic option, that particular kind of uh, option is not available with the mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I will tell you my experience. I started When I started my implant practice, I don't want to mention the system, but uh, I was using a very expensive system. That time, that was uh, uh, the system available in India. Very few systems, among the very few systems, I used that system. So the uh, the problem was. Uh, so there's no harm in saying that you probably keep zygomatic as the last option. Yes, yes, of, of course. I, I think all uh, all implantologists uh, keep okay. zygomatic as the last option. Whenever we don't have bone in zone one, zone two, and zone three, then oh, only yeah. we go for a zygomatic option. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the cases we get bone in. At least in zone 1 and 2. This is episode 19 of the 32 minute podcast with Dr. Jebin George. Dr. Jebin from Cochin, India, is an internationally renowned oral implantologist with over two and a half decades of experience. A graduate of University of Madras, he has postgraduate degree certificate in implant dentistry from CODS Manipal, MS Implantology from GMU Italy, and clinical masters in implant dentistry from Stony Brooks University, USA. He is a fellow and diplomat of ICOI and owns a certificate in advanced implantology from Buffalo University, USA. He has a postgraduate certificate in orthodontics from University of Aarhus, Denmark. With his specialty practice to implant dentistry, he serves as a consultant in four countries that is Maldives, Oman, Zimbabwe and Ethiopia. In addition, he is a visiting faculty for implant program in Government University of Mekele. Dr. Jebin is also the co-founder and director of Cochin Implant Institute. He has backed many awards and has given appearance as an orator in many international implant training programs all across the world. Uh, hello, sir. Welcome back to the 32-minute podcast. Thank you so much for coming and it's such a pleasure and my honor to have you on the 32-minute podcast. Thank you, Mayor. Okay. So, 
In this episode, we'll be discussing about uh, what are the different different implant options, and uh, we'll be taking Sir's uh, uh, opinion on his preferences, about uh, what he likes, what he dislikes, and what he's more comfortable using. Uh, so let's let's begin from the top. That's the most basic, um, sir. Uh, what are all the different options uh, for implants that are available for tooth replacements, and how are they available from uh, from each other? For example, a lot of people say there's an active implant, passive implant. There's a single piece, two piece. Then we have the conventional, we have the zygomatic, and we have the basal implants. Uh, so. Uh, can you give an overview on uh, all these different different implant or implant designs uh, to begin with? Yeah, uh, basically we use uh, endosseous uh, root form implants. Most of the cases uh, I do is endosseous root form implants. Endosseous means it's within the bone. Root form, it looks like a root. It has a shape of a root. There are other types of uh, implants, uh, which are plate and blade implants, which is also endosseous implant. And we have the zygomatic implant, and uh, that's also we place within the bone. Mm. Then a different type uh, is um, subperiosteal implant. Those type of implants are not within the bone. It is below the periosteum, above the bone. So there are uh, some cases uh, where we use subperiosteal also nowadays. Uh, so I'll tell you where uh, we use subperiosteal. But 95% or 98% of the cases are endosseous. Uh, so what we do is in highly atrophic jaws, we can take the CT of the patient and uh, we can design the implant custom-made. Like, um, uh, for example, recently I had a case where the bone height above the inferior dental canal was very less. The patient needs a replacement of uh, uh, second premolar, first molar, and second molar. The available bone height was very less. It was uh, around uh, four or five millimeters. So we don't have a 4-5 millimeter implant available. But there are options like nerve bypassing, nerve lateralization. Uh, we can even augment the bone vertically and place a normal implant. But those uh, procedures are like uh, complicated. Now we have an easy solution. Like uh, we take the CT of the patient and we custom make a subperiosteal. It is actually it's not exactly subperiosteal, but it has an intraosseous part and subperiosteal part. So those implants are, uh, I like it very much. Uh, we are planning to do a case in that way. Then uh, uh, zygomatic implants. Yeah, when we don't have bone in all the three zones of the maxilla, zone one, zone two. Zone one is... Uh, uh, canine to canine, zone 2 is premolar and zone 3 is uh, the molar region. If you don't have bone in all the three zones, we get uh, support from the zygoma and uh, we place uh, two zygomas on each side and we can restore the case. So zygomatic implants are longer implants. Uh, 
32 millimeter, 34 millimeter when compared to the 10, uh, 13 millimeter of root form implant length. So, uh, yeah, these are the types and sometimes we place implant into the tuberosity, pterygoid plates. So that is called tuberopterygoid implants, which is also longer implant. We can use a conventional uh, root form implant, longer implant, as tuberopterygoid implant. Yeah. Can we use the conventional implant as a, a long conventional implant as a zygomatic? It's not available only. Uh, no, it has it's a separate design. Oh, it has a separate yeah, design. So, okay. And uh, conventional implants, we have the longest implant uh, the system, mo almost all systems, they have 18, 21, oh, not, not more than that. Oh, so it should not be. By Saigoma, we need much longer. 32 or yeah. 34. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. What is the meaning of active, passive? Yeah, basically it depends on the thread design of the implant. So, uh, you, you might have seen uh, cases uh, with uh, uh, immediate loading implants. That is the the bicortical screws, and uh, uh, they have a single thread. They are uh, we can call it as active implant. So that once we insert the implant, we get uh, good primary stability. Uh, uh, I use uh, Nobel Active and Edentorec, which are also active implant. So the thread design is in such a way that even in soft bone, when we place those implants, we can easily achieve good primary stability. But some implants which have a double thread design, like uh, Noble Replace or uh, uh, Edin, they have a implant design called Swell. These are passive implants. So I prefer to use active implants in most of the cases. So, what are the pros and cons of each of these? Uh, active implants we can use in every case, but the passive type of implant is not suited for all bone types. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But why then if active is suitable for every case, now, yeah, why I mean, is passive? Now everybody is moving towards active. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Even noble, uh, noble replace, I don't think anybody is using now. Okay. Everybody okay. is moving towards the active type of implant. Right, yeah. right. So we discussed about active passive. We discussed about um, the conventional zygomatic. Yeah. And there's one more called tuberopterygoid, yeah. uh, which could also be used. Uh, all these implants um, have different, different economics. Some of them are... Uh, uh, economic some of them are in mid-range some of them are very expensive why is there so much variation because uh, the implant companies some are uh, branded like <laughs> oh, is it? Uh, mm -hmm. so um, some companies they charge more they spend a lot of money for research and development mm -hmm. so of course the the cost of production of the implant may be very less but they are spending a lot of money in research, development, and other activities. So the price will be more. Some companies, uh, the prices are less. Yeah. So. Otherwise, uh, uh, does the country of origin and all that matter? Yes, there is some, uh, yeah, country. Of course, the 
Sweden implants coming from Sweden uh, and US, uh, it is expensive. Even the German implants, Israeli implants are cheaper. There are some companies manufacturing implants in India. It's mm-hmm. much cheaper. Okay, okay. Uh, but um, uh, I I use a lot of Israeli implants. Mm-hmm. So it is reasonably priced and uh, uh, I go, I get good results with that. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. The main aspect of it is the connection, the implant abutment connection. Uh, the in, that is what I give more importance. Mm-hmm. Because the, if the connection is not proper, there will be a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. I haven't... Uh, I didn't have much uh, implant failures. Uh, I mean, the fixer uh, failures. Uh, but I see a lot of prosthetic failures. So I prefer to use an implant with a, a good connection, good prosthetic mm-hmm. connection. Yeah. Okay. Can you give an example of uh, a connection which you think is good as compared to a connection that you would not prefer to use? I use... Uh, uh, a company called Eden. Uh, Eden implants I use a lot, and uh, they have uh, two connections. Like uh, the the before I was using the standard internal hex connection. Now they have uh, uh, implants with close fit connection, which is something like a more taper connection, and uh, the implant abutment fit is very good. So there will not be any. Yeah, much movement of the abutment inside the uh, uh, hexagon of the implant. I prefer to use uh, these type of implants in single tooth replacement cases. In full large cases, I uh, use standard in the hex connection. Okay, yeah. okay. And there was one more thing that you had uh, told me, like uh, instead of an internal hex when we are doing all on four, or on six, uh, we have multiple surfaces, so the accuracy is less. So that was a different uh, con- convex convex kind of a surface. Yeah, that was the abutment. Or that yeah. was the abutment design, right? Yeah, in uh, multiple implant cases, um, uh, for example, if you are placing six implant in an arch, all implants would come with standard internal hex connection. Hex means we have six surfaces. So the implant has an internal hex and the abutment has an external hex. So these six surfaces has to fit each other. So when we do a full arch with six implants, 32 surfaces has to fit each other. So that is difficult. Uh, If you go wrong anywhere, like in the uh, impression technique or uh, even when the lab does the work, like even the casting shrinkage can cause improper fit of the processes. So, uh, we have something called multi-unit abutments. Multi-units, uh, it has two screws. One screw, the abutment is seated into the implant and the other screw is the prosthetic screw. So, which has, which has an advantage of we are converting an internal hex into an external connection. So uh, it is uh, it is a rounded connection. So the fit is uh, much much better. So full large cases, whenever possible, 
uh, it is better to use multi units mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, okay so what are the factors that influence your choice of uh, implant selection for example uh, do you take into account uh, how the surface treatment of the implant or do you take into account the economics or do you take into account okay this implant company has more uh, abutment designs and stuff like that so what is your uh, uh, how do you go about thinking uh, with respect to okay fine uh, for this particular case i think i would probably want to use this particular implant because the surface treatment is so and so or the design is so and so or i think i'll be needing a specific abutment for this particular uh, implant placement um, so what is like what are the steps in which you think that which is the ideal implant for this case uh, yeah Uh, the economical factor is uh, very important in an uh, indian scenario mm-hmm. for example if a patient come to i'll i'll take example like two systems there are uh, many systems uh, uh, available in india but i'll speak about uh, the edin and the nopal just for an example yes so uh, if a patient comes to me and uh i am planning to place an active implant most of the cases i use active implant so if the patient can afford for a nopal active i will go for no nopal active otherwise uh, if the patient tells me uh, doc i i can't afford uh, this uh, i can go for a mm, uh, less uh, uh, expensive option i will always go for edentoric so the patient uh, financial situation is also an important thing uh the result wise um, i don't find any there is much difference if i use a sla active surface or some other surface okay okay the surface characteristics yes the, the companies say that this surface is good our surface is good but um when i see clinically my personal experience i don't see much difference with the uh, cases which i have done uh, the crustal bone levels or any other things uh, there is not much difference for the money which we are paying for example some systems are very expensive and it's not worth spending that much for that okay. so yeah how much is uh, the choice of abutments play a role in yeah yeah the, yeah uh, that also we have to consider like a system which has a uh, lot of prosthetic options i will always prefer some systems uh, they came to india they <laughs> just sell the implant and when we look for the prosthetic option that particular kind of uh, option is not available with the mm-hmm, system mm-hmm. or that particular kind of attachment abutment is not there. then how will you so that yeah. is the problem mm-hmm. so all prosthetic options should be there with the system mm-hmm. yeah okay uh, there are so many implant companies actually in the market yeah. um obviously nobody can afford to have all the implant kits yeah okay mm-hmm. so uh, how does one go about finalizing one implant company because it's too complicated now uh, because of so many options um what would be your suggestion to somebody who wants to start off with implants or maybe who is like an intermediate level of implants um what 
should they invest on ha uh, i will tell you my experience i started when i started my implant practice i don't want to mention the system but uh, i was using a very expensive system that time that was uh, uh, the system available in india very few systems among the very few systems i used that system so the uh, the problem was uh, when we calculate the cost of the implant uh, the prosthetic uh, component price the lab cost everything when we uh, calculate it was around uh, 25 to 30000 indian rupees our material cost at that time so uh, we should uh, at least charge 10000 rupees for our work no mm-hmm. so i was uh, trying to motivate every patient for implant treatment but i couldn't generate much cases uh immediately after i completed my implant program but uh, then later i thought i'll have a cost effective system i bought another system so um, then the total expense of the uh, the implant the material cost i mean the abutment the prosthetic components and the lab cost all together if you put it will be less than 10000 rupees so even if i charge 20 25000 rupees yeah it is worth doing that and i could manage to convert all my most of my three unit bridges to implant mm-hmm. so the, if the patient is paying 15000 rupees for every bridge and if i tell them we are not going to touch your adjacent tooth i am i'll put an implant for you so patients were happy that they were uh, they don't want to grind the adjacent tooth for a uh, bridge no this i am not touching the adjacent tooth mm. and i can give you an implant for 20 25000 rupees so my cost is 10000 rupees so i get the same uh, my fees and i could generate lot of patients with this cost effective system mm-hmm. so it's always better to have a economical system and a higher end system for the beginners so okay. in our practice different types of patients will come so most of them can't afford so though for those patients we can give a cost effective system we place more number of implants we develop our skills so the more uh, cases we do the more experience we are mm-hmm. and we learn more so it is a must to have a cost effective system in our practice okay yeah. so would you suggest that a beginner should uh, try and get the cost effective system first and develop a good amount of skills and then invest on uh, an expensive that system? is better that is better that is better rather than investing the other way around yeah, yeah. because it might be difficult to convince the yeah patients. we all have to any beginner have has to invest on the physio dispenser and implant surgical kit so physio dispenser we have uh, we have to spend around 1 to 1.82 lakhs rupees uh, for the motor and the surgical kit so in the beginning we better to have a cost effective system once uh, we place a few number of implants and we get uh, the feel of the bone and we get some experience go for a higher system 
Mm-hmm. Then patients will ask for a good implant. If somebody come with, come and ask for a brand like, yeah, yeah, I want stroma and I want uh, yeah. nopel, then you can uh, buy that and keep it. You mm-hmm. can give options. Yeah. But in our practice, uh, as you know, we have implant courses, so we are not sticking on to a particular system. Some we have participants coming all over the world, so. some of them will be using uh, a particular system in their practice so they want to use that system when they come for the training program mm-hmm. so i i am forced to buy mm-hmm. almost all systems mm-hmm. i have nine nine implant system oh, in our okay. practice yeah what are the nine implant systems that you have uh, should i mention the company name we, yeah. we have uh, noble biocare biohorizons which i like Yeah. Then uh, Aiden. Most of my cases are Aiden. Then uh, Neobiotech, Ostom, Dentium. Uh, there are a lot of systems like that uh, we have here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So mm. my next question is a little tricky. Mm. Although you have nine systems, uh, why does it happen that most of your cases are Aiden? Because I I find it. Uh, for me it's a good system like uh, uh, i mean when you place the implant in the bone you get a good uh, satisfaction good feel good primary stability mm-hmm. so uh, i am comfortable with edin and it is uh, much cost effective when compared to other systems so i prefer to use uh, edin for most of my cases and also for the courses i am using edin mm-hmm. okay so uh If if we remove the cost-effective part, would you say that uh, uh, Edin is equally good with all other systems, or is there a system that you would probably recommend to be a little cautious because of uh, less availability of uh, uh, prosthetic options? Is there a system like that that a listener should know or be careful before investing? No, Edin Edin has all the uh, prosthetic options. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And other yes. companies. all the other yeah most of the companies uh, in india they have uh, all prosthetic okay, options okay. but few companies came in the market just for selling the implant and uh, they didn't have much uh, prosthetic uh, mm-hmm. components available with them okay but uh, noble uh, biohorizon all famous systems in india they have all Uh, prosthetic mm-hmm. options uh, okay so in the budget friendly uh, uh, this uh, group in the budget friendly implant uh, groups what are the uh, good options that are available for a dentist i would say uh, i would suggest uh, edin only because the price which we are paying for edin implants is around 4000 uh, rupees okay, okay it's worth it's mm-hmm. worth such a nice implant Uh, getting it for four thousand, and with all prosthetic options, it's worth. And uh, they are giving lifetime warranty. Mm-hmm. In any case, the implant failed, whether it's because of our mistake or if the patient has uncontrolled diabetic, whatever is the reason, uh, the company will replace it. And so uh, you have to pay separately for the prosthetic options. Ah, of course, we yeah. have to. If the if you have made the crown and if it failed, then of course we have to make the new crown and. Mm-hmm. But uh, this system, the uh, implant comes with the abutment. Mm-hmm. So when you buy the implant, you get the abutment free. Okay. So it's like that. 
Sometimes we want different uh, special apartments, so you have to pay separately for those. I'm sure. Almost That's all good. type of apartments are of same price, maybe two hundred, three hundred rupees. That's, uh, That's it. Except mm. for the multi-units. Mm-hmm. Multi-units apartments are slightly expensive. Right, uh, right. Almost, almost as expensive as the as uh, expensive as the implant. Mm. Yeah. But I think you'll be using multi-unit uh, only for only in full large cases. Only in for the full large cases, yeah. right? So it's it's uh, not really required for any other this thing. Okay, so we did speak quite a lot about uh, the conventional implant systems. Um, how often is it that uh, one requires to do a zygomatic implant? Uh, zygomatic implants, uh, when like according to you, how frequently have you done it? Because it's it's sounding a little complicated. Uh, what would be your opinion for a person who is just beginning with or is in the intermediate phase of implant? You know, zygomatic practice? implants are not for a beginner mm. because always we should start with uh, road form implants, mm. single tooth replacements, mm. implant supported bridge. Then we have to learn about the bone crafting and zygomatic is uh, slightly advanced. After became an expert with road form, then try for the zygomatic implants. Mm-hmm. Not for the beginners. Uh, how many cases would you suggest that a dentist should complete before trying something like zygomatic? They should get a good feel of the bone and mm-hmm. uh, confident in placing and restoring implants. Mm-hmm. Maybe at least maybe a hundred implants or two hundred oh, implants. Then, okay. Yeah, then okay, okay. And how often are you practicing zygomatic? I very rarely. Very rarely. Yeah, because uh, I look for some other options. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I prefer to do whenever there is even two millimeters of uh, residual bone in the maxilla. Mm-hmm. I am comfortable doing a sinus lift, the crustal approach, and uh, place the implant. So there's no harm in saying that you would probably keep zygomatic as the last option. Yes, yes. Of, of course, I, I think all uh, all implantologists uh, keep zygomatic as the last option. Whenever we don't have bone in zone 1, zone 2 and zone 3, then mm-hmm. only we yeah. go for a zygomatic option. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the cases we get bone in, at least in zone 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. So we can go for all on 4. There are right. many options. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That is all we have time for in this episode of the 32-minute podcast. Do check out all our blogs, contests, events and other episodes on 32minute.com. If you have questions for any of the speakers interviewed on my podcast or if you are someone who has valuable information or experience that can help the listeners or if you would want me to call a particular guest on my show, please mail me on podcast at 32minute.com. I'm also open to your suggestions and ideas to make the show more helpful and exciting. Don't forget to join our Telegram group for all the updates on our activities on the 32-minute podcast. I release an episode every Sunday morning, so do subscribe to my podcast to get an alert when I release the next episode. Please remember, it takes 30 hours of hard work for a single episode on the podcast. So if you like the show, please leave a review and a rating on my podcast. This is your host, Dr. Mayur Davda, signing off for now. I'll meet you in the next episode of my podcast. Till then... Keep listening, keep learning.